Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is trade season here on Fantasy Football Today. Dave and Heath are wheeling and dealing, or at least they're trying to do it. Dave, you got, uh, you got, oh, some, I did it. You got some stuff going on over there in your leagues, huh? Some trade stuff. I'm in a 14-team analyst league, triple flex with three wide receivers. I had to start Richie James and Marquez Callaway last week. I still won, but it was my first one of the year. I need to avoid relegation, so I traded. I pawned off. It's probably the best term, Austin Eckler. Here's the deal. I want your thoughts. Austin Eckler, Adam Thielen, Tyquan Thornton, and Sky Moore. It is not a keeper or dynasty league. It is just a redraft. So Eckler, Thielen, Tyquan, Sky. In exchange, I got Christian Kirk, Brandon Cooks, Romeo Dobbs, and Cordero Patterson. How did I do? Mm, I don't think I don't like it. I was really hoping you weren't going to bring this up. <laughs> I no, I need to hear I, it. If it's bad, I, tell me. I, I don't understand what this is a redraft league. It is. You can't keep anybody no. ever, and you're one in four. Mm-hmm. And so it's conceivably in a must-win situation. Mm-hmm. And you traded Austin Eckler, who was the best player in the deal, which I understand, but you received one person you could start this week. Yeah, you got a you got Patterson on, on IR, IR and, Brandon Cooks on a bye. Right. I'm starting Romeo Dobbs. I know, but you also were going to start Austin Eckler, I think. <laughs> I, I don't. Who, Probably. You got Dobbs and who you can start this week? Christian Kirk. Yeah, uh, Kirk, yeah. They're probably not going to score as many points as Austin Eckler. This week, sure. It's it's more about trying to finish the year with five or six wins. It's I don't basically know. punting on the season, but at the same time, getting depth for my lineup. Listen, you need depth in a league this big. And this yeah, deep. that's true. And I've I've got it now, and I was good at running. Um, I'm okay at running back without Eckler. And uh, I've got Eckler in the week, right? other... Yeah. There's, there's another parallel 14-team expert league where I have Eckler. That team's doing great. Right. So that one I'm keeping Eckler in. But this one, I, I thought I needed to break him up into a bunch you of You were 0-4 pieces. this week, right? And I, week? Won, I won with Eckler having conceivably his best game of the year. But I think that's the, the thing I would say is you do need depth in 14-team leagues, but guys like Austin Eckler make up for a lack Ow. of depth. I have something in my eye. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, it was okay, an interesting trade, fine. and um, you know, we'll uh, we'll get to a lot of trades. We got uh, some emails, some grade the trade emails. <laughs> he was like, I was hoping you wouldn't bring this up. <laughs> <laughs> I posted it in our in our office Slack, and no one responded except for our editor RJ, who's been on the show before. And he all he wrote was good luck. <laughs> so I, I've been routinely panned for the trade. It actually ended up even on the trade chart. I'm okay with it. I know it's not going to pay dividends as soon as this week. All right. Well, uh, hopefully Cordero Patterson comes back for you in a bit and is a difference maker like he was before his injury. That would be nice. All right. We got a lot of trade to talk about here. Favorite buy low, favorite sell high. We got some fill in the blank from the listeners. We have a new Heath sound. Heath, this is a sound that you made on Sunday night show, if you recall. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to <laughs> yes we'll have to work that in a little bit more that was intentional <laughs> yeah I know I know it was a good you could have just played that after brilliant. Dave told us what his trade was probably <laughs> yeah sure go ahead alright let's get our favorite buy low and our favorite sell high right now Heath kick it off who's your favorite buy low don't ever go to me first but you have but a I list I will give you my most outlandish buy low and All it's right. the Jets passing game okay I I have been encouraged by Zach Wilson in the second half of his first start and for all of last week. 
He averaged 10 yards per pass attempt last week. He has great weapons around him. They've played two games essentially against backup quarterbacks. They're not going to have this low of pass volume starting this week when they play Aaron Rodgers. It's not as if they have a good defense. I really think that there's something there for Zach Wilson in a 2QB league, for Corey Davis, for Garrett Wilson, and if Corey Davis gets hurt, for Elijah Moore. And they're all dirt, dirt cheap. And I would throw Brees Hall in that, in that I'm buying high on Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall could be a top eight running back rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I do want to give an Azer stat here. I just haven't had time Good. to calculate it yet, but... I was Is not it about impressed. Brees Hall accumulating half of Zach Wilson's yes, passing yards. I was last not week. impressed with Zach Wilson, and I think if you took away the 79-yard pass to a wide-open Brees Hall on busted coverage, you would find his yards per attempt was probably pretty low. I and think it's unfair because you have you, that many weapons on the field, you're going to have broken coverage. that many weapons. A little overrated, I think, uh, for the for mm-hmm. like for the Jets passing. I don't know. I I, I thought he played okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to. What do you mean light. a little? Like they've got a first round elite running back, a top 10 pick at wide receiver, Elijah Moore, who we all thought coming into the year was a very good wide receiver and a second round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I love Brees Hall. And Corey Davis is a, like if he's your number three wide receiver, he's he's fantastic. He's fine, whatever. I just did, let's see, 210 minus 79 divided by 20, 6.55 yards per attempt. We should always take away a quarterback's biggest play. I know, but I, I don't think he played all that well, but, you know, he did have that big play and maybe they can make big plays for him in the passing game you're right I mean that's that's what Joe Burrow did last year it's not like he was running after the catch it's all Geno Smith's done this year who it's all Geno Smith's done this year Mm, no I don't think so because big play big play but it's not it's not the big play where it's a busted coverage and it's a lot of yak I mean he's making big plays if you look at Geno Smith's touchdown passes to Tyler Lockett they're much better passes than Brees Hall's 79 yard catch and run which was it wasn't a bad pass, just it wasn't like Zach Wilson well, did anything. And special. I think we should be clear, he did not throw that ball to the line of scrimmage and Brees Hall ran seventy nine yards. Correct. No, no, no. It was further downfield than the line of scrimmage. All right. Uh Dave, who's your favorite by low? I I think it's I think it's DeAndre Swift because it, you've got one more week left before he or at least we've been told when he comes back. And his value is still relatively low. It's been a long time since he's had a bunch of fantasy points in a game. And people who have DeAndre Swift might not be 4-1 and one or 5-0. and oh. And so you can go to them and, and try and make a deal to get DeAndre Swift before his value rises. Would you rather have Brees Hall or DeAndre Swift for the rest of the season? I think Hall is higher on the trade chart than DeAndre Swift. I mean, the one thing you have to remember with Swift, and it's for sure going to happen, is that he will split carries. He will lose out on the goal line to Jamal Williams. Yeah. Uh, and he, I mean, to be fair, Brees Hall missed out on some touchdowns last week to right. Michael Carter. But I mean, I, I just I think Brees Hall is going to dominate moving forward. Um, I shouldn't say dominate because that suggests like a 70 30 split. He'll get 60% of the touches. It won't be a 50 50 deal until Brees Hall regresses, if he regresses, which he might not. I do think we've seen enough to say that like the passing game numbers for the Lions running backs are not going to be the same as what they were last year. Uh, well, um, wasn't definitely Swift, not what they were in the first half. Wasn't Swift, you know, pretty involved in the passing? Because I, yes. I think if you break it down last year after they changed play callers, it was definitely fewer targets, but it was also more targets when DeAndre Swift played. And he had he had 12 targets in three games. Um, I guess he was just incredibly efficient in two of them, 31. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you do you think he's a stud when he comes back? Let me just ask you that. Do you think DeAndre Swift is a stud? No doubt about it. Must-start guy when he comes back. Yep. Okay. Favorite sell high. He's a, he's oh, a, sorry. He's a must-start guy as long as he stays healthy. Sure. Right. Favorite sell high, Dave? I, I think I got to give it to Mike Williams with Keenan Allen coming back relatively soon. We've seen Mike Williams see a target share of over 29% in his past two games. Back in week one when Keenan Allen was playing, it was 12%. Last year when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were on the field at the same time, Williams had a 20% or higher target share in six of 16 games. And I, I just I still believe that Mike Williams is going to be a very up-and-down fantasy receiver when the Chargers are at full strength. When they haven't been at full strength and he's gotten all these opportunities, of course he's going to be great. And so however long Keenan Allen's out, not at 100%, that's great for Mike Williams. 
But once Keenan Allen is clearly on the way back, I think you're going to see a different and maybe a little more frustrating version of Mike Williams. And I know you have Christian Kirk on your buy low list. Would you rather have Kirk or Mike Williams? I'm pretty sure Williams is significantly higher in the trade chart right now just because Christian Kirk's had two rough games in a row. But I do think Christian Kirk will still have some very good games. Obviously, I wouldn't have traded for him right. if I thought he was going to be a, a scrub the rest of the way. But you'd rather have Williams. So if you were trading Williams, what would you try to get right now? If I were trading Williams, uh, I mean, let's see. Could I get DeAndre Swift for him? Could I get Cortland Sutton? Could I get... Could I get Joe Mixon? I might shoot for Joe Mixon straight up for Mike Williams. I probably won't get that. So I'd probably have to throw something in with Mike Williams to get Joe Mixon. But Mixon's another buy low. Mm -hmm. I, I just I, I I hesitate to put him on the buy low list because I think most people who have Joe Mixon remember what he did a couple of games ago and they know that he's just getting so much work that they're just willing to take the lumps with him now. But you could always approach the Joe Mixon fantasy manager and say, you know, do you want to get rid of him? And if they're like, yeah, please. This, this happened in another one of my leagues. I'm trying to upgrade a running back. The person who has Mixon is one in four. They were interested in trading away Mixon, but they weren't trying to give him away. They didn't want to give him away. I could have gotten Miles Sanders for less than Joe Mixon. Mm. If you heard the Monday episode, Schneier gave some great stats on Joe Mixon. Now, he's kind of negative on Joe Mixon. I turned it into a positive, so it's the way you have to approach it. But basically, light boxes, that was a term that uh, Schneier was using, and that is when you have more offensive blockers than there are you know, defensive players in the box. And Joe Mixon, I think Schneier said that Joe Mixon has seen more light boxes than any other running back. Um, and if not, he's up there. And he's just been really bad. So you can either say, gosh, he's had all these great opportunities and he's just been so bad. This is a bad sign. I spun it the other way, and this is up to totally up to you, you know, at home. He's had the best possible situation and he's only going to get better. And I think it started in week five. Hopefully that's the start of something where he actually did run the ball very well and he got stopped at the half yard line. Um, you know, almost had a touchdown there as well. And he gets you at least three catches every game. So I don't think you could really ask for a much better situation than what Joe Mixon is in. Uh, Heath, who's your favorite uh, sell high? I'm still uh, contemplating. I'm going to say Debo Samuel. And he was bad last week, but I just I am very concerned that he doesn't have much of a role in the in the uh, rushing game right now. And as long as he and Ayuk and Kittle are all healthy, he's going to probably lead the team in targets, but it's going to be up and down. I think he's a number two wide receiver. So if you can get anybody to trade for him as if he's a top 12 guy, I would do that. Right. You got to shoot for the moon, basically, right, with Debo? Well, I don't know if you have, you have to just have to shoot for what he's been so far. I think he's wide receiver 10 or 11 on the season. Um, you don't have to shoot for what he was being drafted as even or what he did last year, certainly. But if, just get somebody to believe that he's going to continue to be top 12 because that's including two weeks when he ran for 50 yards early in the year. And I'm not sure that's going to happen again. Uh, would you rather have Debo Samuel or Mike Williams? Probably still Debo, but they're right there as high-end number two wide receivers. Based on a lot of the questions I've been seeing, I get the feeling that you know there's a big split on Keenan Allen right now, and probably some people who just think when he's healthy, he's going to go back to being a must-start PPR guy like he is every year, and some people who just aren't sure. And I think you could certainly look at the fact that he, it, I mean, he's been a huge bust. Obviously, he's he's gotten you four PPR points in in six in five games, and don't know if he's playing this week. Where are you guys on Keenan Allen? Do you think Keenan Allen is a good buy low? Sure. You could put him in the same type of bucket as DeAndre Swift, and he's not going to cost you nearly as much as DeAndre Swift, but he's another guy that's been sitting on fantasy benches for a month. When he comes back, I think he's going to retain his role as a volume guy for the Chargers. It, this is assuming that he can still move well, but I don't right. think he'll come back until he can move well. Do I think he's going to get 13 targets a game? No. But he could end up being like, and I'm not saying he's going to be a number one receiver. I think that ship sailed. But he could end up still being ahead of Mike Williams in targets each week and just being, you know, eight for 85, something like that. And you hope that he scores a touchdown every third week. I I'm, think we should be have a healthy amount of skepticism about a 30-year-old wide receiver who's missed a month with a hamstring. Right. I, I don't want to, I don't know if this is the same thing, but I feel like I may have overdrafted or just drafted too much of Michael Thomas and 
was so optimistic and now he just can't he can't get back on the field and uh yeah i i don't I, yeah. right yeah it's just saying it's it's that that might be an argument for the best sell high right now being deandre hopkins mm. that's interesting we're gonna actually spend With a lot of time back. on the cardinals in, in a bit that's one of the segments we have today is talking about what the cardinals will look like beginning next week when hopkins is back would you rather have keenan allen or christian kirk rest of season I think Kirk. Kirk. All right. Uh, If you need to find someone for your job, you need LinkedIn. You should buy high on LinkedIn, LinkedIn jobs. You all know about LinkedIn. Everybody's on LinkedIn, right? It's really an awesome website. Great for networking. But every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You got to get this right. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And now, look, I'm not someone who goes out and hires people, but I did check out LinkedIn Jobs. I saw how easy it was to use. You post your job, and you can use a hashtag to get people to see it more. And uh, it's just it's really easy on LinkedIn Jobs to create a free job post. And you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and you spread the word that you're hiring. There are simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill sets that you're looking for and the right experience that you're looking for as well. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. You don't have to waste a lot of time. This is going to streamline the process for you. going to make it easier for you. going to save you time and get you the best people. And look, we got to finish 2022 with a bang here. We got to finish strong. And that's why you need a good hire, the right person for your company. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right uh, helps helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/fft. That's linkedin.com/fft to post your job for free. linkedin.com/fft. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's do some quick fill-in-the-blank on some relevant players here. This is from our listeners. We'll start with Bango. He says, Ramondre Stevenson is a top-blank running back as long as Damian Harris is out, which appears to be a multi-week thing. Ramondre Stevenson is a top-blank running back. 10. 15. But you know what? 10 makes a little more sense with all the buys kicking in. I'll speak for myself. I don't know how Heath feels about it, but I, I feel like everybody's like pushed up significantly and that there's a real there's a bunch of head scratchers when you get to like 20th overall at running back and wide receiver i noticed it more at running back and tight end um this week but yeah i mean i've got him fifth this week so i think chris towers has him first they run the ball so much they do Uh, cleveland chicago and the jets favorable matchups coming up cleveland's Mm -hmm. 29th against running backs bears 24th jets are 16th they're not so bad but Browns just traded for Deion Jones in the middle of that defense. I don't even know if he's going to play. He he would help their run defense, but boy, they've been bad. And of course, it's a gamble. But if you are, you know, one in four, and you need to get back in it, obviously there's a there's a cap on Ramondre Stevenson because Harris will be back, and Ty Montgomery could could be a factor at some point too. Taking passing downs back, yeah, take Stevenson off the field in uh, passing downs. But for the short term, you know, you could be getting. A top five running back over the next three weeks. It wouldn't be a shock. All right, next up. But you guys disagree with that? I don't want to speak. No, no, that's no, good. I, okay. I just said 10, so. Right. It wouldn't be a shock to be top five, right? What uh, is their buy? Their buy is in four, five weeks. They have four okay. games and then a buy. Uh, John O'Connor says, Ken Walker will finish as RB blank rest of season. 17. Yeah, I'd like to be optimistic, so I'll say 16. Art Vandelay says blank will lead all rookie wide receivers in fantasy points this season, and blank will lead all rookie running backs in fantasy points this season. Olave and Bryce Hall. Brees Hall. <laughs> I can't believe I said Bryce Hall. <laughs> it's definitely Brees Hall. Uh, wide receivers a lot more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go, I'm going to go with London. Okay. A, a vote for a London, a vote for Olave, and two votes for well, one vote for Bryce Hall, one for Brees Hall. Thank you, uh, Damian. Damian Pierce versus Brees Hall. That's easy, an easy call for you guys. No, it's it's a close call between those two. 
Okay. But I I like Brees's talent. I made sure to say Brees. And I, th- I think he's got a good role in the passing game. I think he, that can be developed a little bit more. Okay. From Fantasy Kerr, Jalen Warren is a blank priority in redraft and a blank priority in Dynasty Keeper Leagues. Jalen Warren. Modest. Not the biggest. Stash. Okay. Jalen Warren is 33% rostered, and they did say they're going to continue to use him and he is he, their third down he's back. He's just he's a better fit for what they are right now on offense. He's eating up space so quickly after he gets the ball. He's he's just such a I, bullet train compared to Najee who's more like a bulldozer. Yeah, I was going to say like I don't even know how much this has to do with with Jalen Warren. It's probably 30 running backs, 40 running backs in the NFL that are a better fit than for what the Steelers are doing or any <laughs> offensive team is trying to do, which is move the football forward than Najee Harris currently is. It's, you know, it's, it's yeah. crazy, but you're right. You know, that's Steelers, it's just that Warren is who they have. He, he must not be healthy. It's the only thing that makes sense. You know what the Steelers, right, he had the preseason foot injury. You know what the Steelers' the offense is? weight gain, too. That's right. You know what the Steelers' offense is? All right. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Paxton Jefferson says, if Derrick Henry went down, blank would be his best handcuff or replacement. If who went down? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. It's going to be multiple people. I think Hilliard would be the best. For fantasy, I think I'd agree. I just don't think that Hassan Haskins or Chestnut can be anything close to what Henry is. From Grant Miller, DJ Moore will be blank with PJ Walker. Better. A little bit better. From Don, George Pickens is a top blank wide receiver rest of season. One. 40. <laughs> That's it? I'll be. I'll say 30. You think he'll be better than Deontay Johnson? Mm, no, I think they'll be close, and I think Johnson will get a few more targets they, in the they, next few weeks. They took another step closer last week. Um, like it, it'd be hard to look at what's happened when you've thrown the ball to George Pickens this season and what's happened when you've thrown the ball to Deontay Johnson the past five years and think we should continue throwing the ball more to Deontay Johnson and less to George Pickens. Yep. Okay, how about from Rye Ames? I should feel blank for starting Geno Smith against Arizona over Russell Wilson at the Chargers this week. I should feel blank about that. Thankful. Very, very confident. <laughs> Uh, from, I would start Geno Smith over Kyler Murray in the same game. Ooh, wow. I've got Kyler one spot ahead, but That's I don't have wild. a problem with what you're doing. Wow. I, I, it's wild. The only thing wild, that actually. bugs me about Geno, and I, I and th- this is the thing, like I, I, I've started to study this game already. Geno doesn't do great under pressure. Um, he's done okay at times this year when the pocket's collapsing around him. Arizona blitzes a ton. So if that blitz can get home, that could affect Geno from time to time. I, and I like. I think maybe it's a different argument once Hopkins comes back, if Hopkins can be Hopkins again. But Kyler Murray has never been a good passer without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, he's throwing a lot, though. The Pretty Seahawks much fair, are just right. That's uh, the other thing that favors match. And Gino. somehow the Cardinals defense is giving up more fantasy points to quarterbacks this year than the Seahawks. Well, the Cardinals yeah. have faced Mahomes. He Mahomes is the one who really destroyed them. They faced Mahomes, yes. Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr. Uh, I can't remember the rest of their schedule. Anyway, uh, from Bring Back Silk Shirts. Okay. No, uh, yeah, I I'm, love you know silk what? Shirts in right, I'm down with that. Yeah. I, they were great. Uh, the McRib is coming. Bla- is coming back blank. I can never get marinara sauce stains out of my silk shirts. <laughs> Stop. Um, I'm not a big McRib guy. I looked it what up. What is it, this question? We're thinking, it seems like uh, people are feeling late fall. Yeah, we're getting close to McRib season. Oh, we were guessing when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to, my fill in the blank was going to be, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me either. From Orion, the best running back rest of season is blank. The number one running back. Saquon. Yeah. Okay. He's earned it. He deserves it. He's been great. All right, here's what we're going to do rest of show. We're going to talk about the Cardinals right now with Hopkins back and what it means for everyone else. We're going to preview. We're going to go through some news and notes. We're going to preview the Thursday night game, Washington-Chicago, and then we'll talk more trade later, and we have some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Okay, so right now, Kyler Murray is QB 10, I think, in six-point per passing touchdown leagues. 
I think he's like seven in four point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You got Zach Ertz, who's a top four tight end. I wish I had this. I wish I had written this down. Oh, and I did I write it down? Anyway, I'm sorry. Zach Ertz is like tight end four or five. Uh, Marquise Brown, I think, is a top ten wide receiver. The running game hasn't been very good. So it's been it's you know it's been a pretty good offense for uh, for fantasy. Heath, what do you think it looks like when Hopkins comes back? Is now the time to sell? You know, break it down. What what are the Cardinals beginning in week seven going forward? Well, I think my expectation is we're going to have Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside with Rondale Moore playing the slot and A.J. Green as the fourth wide receiver. If you look at the last two weeks since Rondale Moore came back, it's a 30% target share for Marquise Brown, a 23% target share for Zach Ertz, a 19% target share for Rondale Moore. Um, everybody else is getting, what, the rest of the 30 or 40%. A.J. Green's at 7, so you can throw those. I think you probably drop Marquise Brown down to 20%. Drop Ertz down to around 18% and put Hopkins around 20% himself. That's what we saw last year is it was a pretty even split amongst the top three options between Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and, and A.J. Green at the time. Um, I, I guess I would view Marquise Brown as a low-end number two wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins in basically the same range. He can be better if he scores a bunch of touchdowns, but could be awful if he doesn't. Ertz is a borderline top 12 tight end. And I'm not sure that Rondell Moore completely goes away. I wonder if he takes some of those targets away from the running backs. Dave, I'll throw to you in just a second. Uh, Rondell Moore in week four, his first game back, he played mostly outside. And then in week five, he played almost entirely in the slot. And Greg Dortch I think played the difference snaps. was A.J. Green didn't play in week four, mm. and Greg Dortch played the slot with Moore outside. Mm. And then when Green came back, Dortch went to the bench. Okay, yeah, good call. Okay, Dave, they, they lead the NFL in plays... They lead the NFL in pass attempts. I think one of the reasons they lead the NFL in plays is because they get hardly any explosive plays. They are one of the least explosive offenses. Yep. They're very low in yards per play. But, you know, they've always been high in plays run, Dave, under Cliff Kingsbury. But they've also haven't been a high pass volume team. They haven't been low. But this year they lead the NFL in passes. So, you know, I guess I wonder, because their running game isn't that good, basically when they use James Conner, it's been better when they use the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they are they a different offense than what we've seen in the past? One that can support two number two wide receivers, maybe a starting tight end, and and the best maybe the best of a full season that we've seen from Kyler because this is going to be by far I'd say the best weapons that he's had. What do you think? I think you can get two number two receivers out of this. Uh, if we're going off of last year, Zach Ertz was not nearly as big of a factor when DeAndre Hopkins was on the field. He had three red zone targets in the four games that he played with DeAndre Hopkins. I I agree with Heath pretty much on the target share split, except I think it'll be a little bit lower for Ertz. I think he's the one that'll be hurt the most in terms of stats, touchdowns, um, targets in general. I think that he's going to see a a huge, huge dip. Uh, Brown's going to see a dip too. He's on my sell high list, if you can. And I've gotten questions about why he's so low on the trade chart. It's because I'm expecting DeAndre Hopkins to come back and not necessarily be the DeAndre Hopkins that we saw two years ago, more like the DeAndre Hopkins that we saw last year. But that's a dude who saw a ton of red zone targets. That's Kyler. That's been Kyler Murray's guy in the red zone. Now I think it's going to be Kyler leaning on Hopkins, but still some on Marquise Brown when they get relatively nearer. The red zone, although Brown hasn't had a ton of red zone targets this year. No, it's all Ertz. Ertz it's been all Ertz. I think that oh, shifts off green Ertz zone. to Hopkins, and and you know maybe Brown picks it up. I don't even know if he picks it up a little bit. So I, I I would imagine that it's going to hurt everybody that's there in Arizona. If you're okay streaming tight ends, man, now's the perfect time to sell high on Zach Ertz. That's probably the biggest sell high that we could have told everybody is that he's just not going to be in a position to keep this up once Hopkins comes back. And this isn't like what we talked about with Keenan Allen eventually coming back with with Mike Williams because we don't know what Keenan Allen will be. And technically, we don't know what DeAndre Hopkins is going to be when he comes back, but at least he's not coming back from a hamstring injury. He's coming back from a suspension. Theoretically, he's healthy. He's fine. He'll go right back into practice, and he'll be good to go. Keenan Allen, when he comes back, it might take a week or two for him to get going once he's he's back in the swing of things and he gets his leg right. I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the same type of issue with Hopkins. He could come back and make an instant impact. 
when you talk about selling Ertz, I mean, are you trying trying to sell Ertz for Kyle Pitts or something like that, or you're just trying to sell Ertz for a different position? And I mean, just it, gonna be you might be able in? to pull off some wizardry here and get Pitts and something else. It wouldn't be something else big, all for one Zach Ertz. So you just don't think you guys just don't think Ertz is going to be a real difference maker at tight end when Hopkins is back? Not like he's been so. He will not be a top four tight end. Yeah, but will he be a top eight tight end? Is he still someone worth starting? He might starting? be a top 12 tight end, yes. All right, low end. I, yeah, I think he'll still be startable, but he's he's just barely been a difference maker so far. Really? But he's been top five. I mean, he's got, well, how many times have you told me that you can be a top five tight end and not really be that mm, good? Top five? Yeah, I mean... What's he been averaging in PPR? 12.6 fantasy awesome. points per pretty game. Good. I've actually got him at tight end six per game. Okay, I could be wrong. For a tight oh, end, per that's game? awesome. Yeah, that might be. I, I don't know. Tight end. He is tight end five overall, and uh, he's averaging the same amount of fantasy points as just just below TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard. They're at 12.7. He's at 12.6. Um, but you'd rather have Tyler Higby rest of the season than Zach Ertz? Yep, I, I would. David Njoku? Mm. <sighs> they're the same. Okay. It feels like they're the same. If you had to pick one, Marquise Brown or DeAndre Hopkins? Brown. Yeah, probably Brown. Would you rather have Gabe Davis than those guys? I would. Brown, Davis, Hopkins. Terry McLaurin or those guys? I've got... I've got Hopkins higher than McLaurin. And I have Brown higher than Hopkins. Okay. Kyler Murray... I'm excited because I just I love the weapons now. I mean, he's they're loaded now. I think uh, with weapons and their run game stinks and their defense stinks. Uh, Kyler Murray or Tom Brady? Kyler Brady. Kyler Murray or Herbert? Herbert. Herbie. Kyler Murray or Burrow? Yeah. Kyler. Kyler. All right, so Kyler's just going to be. Kyler's going to be a guy that if you have him, you don't need to be, well, you don't need to be looking for quarterback help, right? Uh, we, we hope so. Yeah. Does this affect? You, you, you might want to carry a backup. Does this affect who's, James? Who's got, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you might want to carry a backup quarterback who's got a good matchup when Kyler's on by. All right. Last question here. Do you think this affects James Conner at all? Could it make him faster? Let's think about that. Hmm. <laughs> well, it could make hmm. the offense better. It should make the offense better, but I'm wondering if they're going to get to a point where they go that that they can't win with Connor and unless they just use him in short yardage situations. All right, I think that was a good discussion. Thank you, guys. Uh, just to further enforce the uh, Zach Ertz thing here, here's Arizona in the green zone so far. That's inside the 10-yard line. Ertz has seven targets. No one else has more than two. Can't say for sure that he's not going to get a lot of targets there, but that's something that Hopkins should really help with. All right, uh, our Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast is awesome. If you were watching the live stream last night, you heard from Sigan Ajad, and you know how talented and how uh, how great he is on the air. Mike McClure, Frank Stamfel, they're on the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. Uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that live on YouTube, or you can just download it as a podcast, you know, or subscribe to it as a podcast. Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's with Sia Najad and Mike McClure. I want to give a quick shout-out to our St. Jude Best Ball Invitational. This was uh, the one we did for charity. I think there are over 300 participants, our top five right now through five weeks. Caleb Skaggs, Daniel McCollum, I Got the Juice, Kobayashi Maru, and Patrick Bowman. And I am almost in dead last place in that league. I don't even know. I mean, I haven't set my lineup at all. So that Good doesn't... Enough. Yeah, it's a best ball league. It was a joke. Uh, we did get some, but I some news this morning. Okay, well, let's do the news and notes real quick then. What's our, what are we leading with? Tua will return to the field and throw today as part of his progression through the concussion protocol. Highly unlikely to play this Sunday, but headed in the right direction. That's great. Wonderful. And they are optimistic about Tyreek Hill. And here are some more news items before we get to our game to preview. Jalen Waddle by low window. Okay. Uh, Baker Mayfield likely out two to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Russell Wilson is expected to play with a lat injury. But that really should be something that you're keeping in mind if you have 
Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you know, Russell Wilson's just not healthy. I have no idea what the future holds for him, but that's not good. Carson Wentz has a sore shoulder, but he's fine. He'll play Thursday. Damian Harris is going to be out multiple weeks with a hamstring injury, most likely. The Saints are working out running backs. What would you guys make of that? They just lost Tony Jones and Latavius Murray off their practice squad. Oh, that's, that's a good reason to work out running backs. Jordan Howard was one of the guys that was working out with them. Logan Thomas was a, a listed as a DNP for Thursday's game. Did not practice, so probably not expecting him. Dalton Schultz, he re-aggravated his sprained PCL, but he does have a good chance to play this week and have zero catches at the Eagles. <laughs> on the offensive line, the Jaguars placed starting offensive guard Ben Barch on IR, and the Rams placed starting offensive guard David Edwards on IR. So that's not good. There's, you know, there's so many injuries like that throughout the league that are just hard to track and hard to know what it means for fantasy. But offensive linemen going down, you look at oh, whose secondary was it? Who the defense was that has like a, oh the Bucks? The Bucks secondary has a million injuries. Looks like they're so not does serious. The Steelers. Yep. Um, and it's hard to keep track of all these things. Uh, for other news here, Micah Parsons it's is kind of our job though. It's yeah, but it's hard to know what to even bother talking about and what's what matters in fantasy. It, it makes especially matchup-based analysis mm -hmm. very, very difficult, especially if you're looking multiple weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. And I, yep. I tend to lean toward, unless it's a really, unless it's a lot of injuries or a really good player, I don't really get too caught up in it. You know, but like I wasn't going to get caught up in the fact that the Giants were missing two cornerbacks last week because I didn't think they were that good, those cornerbacks necessarily. And I don't think it really made a difference in that game. Uh, all right. Uh, Washington at Chicago. We'll talk about that when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday night football, Dave. Are you ready? Na 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 na. Oh wait, do it one more time. Sorry. Why? Go one more time. Thursday night football. Na 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 na. Washington at Chicago. Stat of the game: Washington's run defense looks to be back. It was great last year. Stunk in weeks one and two. Over the last three games, they are allowing two point seven five yards per carry to running backs, and they have not faced cupcake running backs. They faced the Eagles. Cowboys and Titans, and they're giving up 2.75 yards per carry to running backs. Does anybody care about that when ranking David Montgomery? I think you got to keep it in mind. And I think in a normal week when everybody's healthy and everybody's playing, Montgomery might be a sit. But he, he just came back off the injured list and had 16 touches and a really good fantasy game. He didn't have a great rushing average himself, but he did well in the passing game. He had a big, big 30 yard pass play. So how do, you, how do you tell somebody to sit David Montgomery unless they're absolutely loaded at running back? Uh, you'll start Ramondre ahead of him. That's easy. But Ken, Ken I, Walker? I, I, uh, I don't know if I'm there yet with Walker. I love Walker, but I think I need to just really think about that a little bit more. Montgomery's role in the passing game gives him an edge that Walker just doesn't have. So I think I'd take Montgomery. I'd go Walker over Montgomery. Ooh, okay. And you all Why? have Montgomery ranked fairly high. Around 13, 16. They're both top 20. Yeah. Both, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. both top 18. Yeah. Yes. Uh, how about how about uh, Jeff Wilson at Atlanta or David Montgomery against Washington? Good. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to climb upon my soapbox. <laughs> Jeff Wilson is a top 12 running back. Jeff Wilson gets 18 to 20 touches a game on the 49ers, who run the ball exceptionally well. He's going to run for a 90 yards per game. <laughs> Jeff Wilson should not be a part of start-sit conversations. <laughs> Jeff Wilson should be started as long as he's healthy. He's already started in like 80% of it. leagues. I love he's, it. He's ahead of Montgomery and Walker. Okay, last one. Miles Sanders against Dallas? Or any running back in that Philadelphia-Dallas game or David Montgomery against Washington? I currently have Montgomery one spot higher. I have it Sanders, Montgomery, Zeke, Pollard right now. Okay. The uh, the Washington running back sit them all, right? 
Oh yes. yeah. Okay. I don't really even care to roster them that much, but we got to see how it plays out. Oh, but I'm, I will. I'm happy to roster Brian Robinson just to see what happens because I don't think they like Antonio Gibson much anymore. McKissick is a spot starter in PPR. Yeah, McKissick has scored uh, 7.8 or more PPR fantasy points in all five games. Is that great? No, it's not a terrible floor, though, in full PPR. I think TJ Moore scored 7.8 or more PPR fantasy points in most of his games yes. this year. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, TJ Moore over JD McKissick. I don't know. That. Well, that's just his floor. But look, I mean... If, I, I think the McKissick one, for me at least, and this won't always prove correct, but the way I look at him is if they're playing a good offense, if they're going to get trounced then I want J.D. McKissick in my flex spot as a possibility. They're playing the Bears. This game has an over-under of 38, and <laughs> it's a pick em. This is not the J.D. McKissick spot, I don't think. Yeah, no, no. I, uh, by the way, this is a uh, really bad, really good matchup for running backs. They, you know, I won't even go through all the stats. I'll do it next time when we have a more exciting running back. But if you get a lot of touches against Chicago, you come through with a big game. The problem is the touches. All right, the quarterbacks. Who do you like better at quarterback this week, Carson Wentz or Justin Fields? Carson Wentz. The the top 12 quarterback? The one who's actually throwing the ball more than 20 times a game? <laughs> more, more than 40 times a game, in fact. Uh, yeah, technically. All right, so we'll, we'll call Fields a, an interesting stash as maybe things are getting a little better for him, but we'll call Carson Wentz an interesting start this week as you guys all have him right around 12th. Uh, Heath, who would you start Carson Wentz over against Washington? They're they're actually 16th against quarterbacks, but they're 26th in pressure rate, which is good news for Wentz. Yes, um, I would start him over your boy Russell Wilson, his arch nemesis for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I would start him over Matthew Stafford. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would start him over Trevor Lawrence, who we may have elevated a little bit too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nobody. I mean, I would. There's nobody else of note who's playing this week that I would start him over. He's my second favorite streamer of the week. I do. I would start Gino over him. Okay, and, and Rogers still ahead of Wentz. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Wentz is a decent start. Um, Stick the running backs for Washington. Let's talk about wide receivers here. And I'm assuming no. I mean, the Washington does give up a lot of big plays, and Mooney has a big, uh, big play in, in two straight games, but can't start Darnell Mooney, right? If, if, if your roster is so bad that you have to put slot him into a starting spot, this is a week where you don't quite have to. thought you'd get the sound there. I right? don't want to kill it, but I was thinking. Um, but <laughs> it's because it could be one play and a touchdown. <laughs> uh, would you start J.D. McKissick or Darnell Mooney if you were forced to? I think I'd go Mooney. I would. Okay. Uh, how about the Washington wide Much receivers? Much easier in non-PPR. Who you like better, McLaurin or Gibson this week? Or McLaurin or Curtis no, Samuel McLaurin. this week? McLaurin or who? Curtis Samuel. 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 Why? Bears have actually been pretty good against perimeter receivers and deep receivers, but they've struggled against slot receivers. And that's what Samuel's doing. And his dot has doubled over his last two weeks. Is it three now? It's what, Six. Uh, no, it's like over seven yards downfield now. And it, part of it's because he caught a beautiful 32-yard pass last week that I, I just think shows that they're changing his role a little bit more. They're getting him involved. Wentz likes him, leads the team in targets and catches. I think he's ahead of McLaurin. It's interesting. McLaurin has 75 yards or a touchdown in four or five games. He had one terrible game against Dallas when Wentz threw for 170 yards. I think things look like they're trending in the wrong direction for Curtis Samuel. He doesn't have a carry. He does not have a carry in two straight games. His yards per catch is disgusting. Um, I really don't like the seventy-five yards or a touchdown in four or five games. No, Why? that tells you that he's a number three receiver. Just because, okay, so he happened to score a touchdown the one of the, the th- two of five weeks that he didn't reach seventy-five yards. Yeah, he had two for fifty-eight and a touchdown in week one. All right, how about this? He scored. 12 or more PPR fantasy points in four or five games. That's true, but I don't think he's, he's been over 15 points once. Once, yeah. Once. Yeah. Carson once. He's been right in the low end. He's been like a high-end number three receiver kind of guy. He's a number weeks. three guy. Even last week, though, Curtis Samuel had two more targets than him. Mm-hmm. 
But he's getting nine targets a game. But what are the yards per target? I mean, Curtis Samuel gets so few yards. He catches more balls, obviously, but but Terry McLaurin has uh, forty five more receiving yards on thirteen fewer catches than Curtis Samuel. And that's I think right there because we are always like in non PPR. It's a much different discussion. But that's a nine point swing in Curtis Samuel's favorite in PPR. Yeah. It's true. Plus, Curtis Samuel has an extra touchdown. But I, I well, I guess I just want to, I do want to point out that he had eight carries in his first three games, Curtis Samuel, and he has zero in his last two games. If you took away Curtis Samuel's rushing production, would he still have more PPR fantasy yes. points than Terry McLaurin this year? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and as Dave points out, I mean, look at these perimeter receivers. Justin Jefferson destroyed them, obviously, but Debo had 14 yards, Ayuk had 40, Lazard had 13, Brandon Cooks had 22. Um, so that those guys struggled against the Bears. So I, I asked you about them just compared to themselves, but compared to some other players, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, would you rather start... Uh, hold on, let me get a list of wide receivers here and get some good ones. Would you rather start uh, Rondale Moore or those guys? Both of them. Over Moore. How about the mm-hmm. inconsistent Amari Cooper? Cooper over both. Samuel, Cooper, McLaurin. Alan Lazard against the Jets. Samuel Liz- Samuel McLaurin Lazard. Samuel Lazard McLaurin. All right. Devin, uh, I can't yeah, do Devin Duvernay because I won't know about Bateman by Thursday. Jalen Waddle. I'd start Samuel over Waddle, knowing that uh, two is not playing this week. It really comes down to Teddy or, or Skyler for me. If Teddy's playing, then I think it would be Samuel Waddle McLaurin. If it's Skyler Thompson, then it's both Washington receivers over Waddle for me. All right, and we're sitting the tight ends, right? You mean Cole Turner and Cole Komet? Yes. Yeah, if, if Logan Thomas was there, I think he'd probably be in my top 12, but he's not. Which DST do you like better? I I feel gross starting either of them. I have the commanders ranked higher. Um... Okay, because every team's been good against Chicago. Mm-hmm. DST. I have the Bears at 15 and the Commanders at 16. <laughs> okay. It really depends on your scoring system with Chicago, right? Like if low yardage and low points is rewarded, I don't know that they're going to turn it over a bunch. We'll That's see. true, but in standard CBS scoring, which we use in a bunch of our leagues, and I think a lot of people don't bother tweaking their DST scoring, the Bears have allowed a DST to score at least 11 points against them in four or five games. Washington, it's three of the last four. So uh, both teams give up a lot of turnovers, a lot of sacks. They both have bad offensive lines. But I, I think the commander's defensive front has a better chance to get more sacks and probably m- as many turnovers as the Bears do. All right, last they question. They get the nod for me. Go ahead, Heath. No, it's not relevant to Thursday Night Football, so I'll save it. Last question about Thursday Night Football. Would you, while still rostering the Bills DST, would you sit the Bills DST for one of these two? Yes. Uh, During, I mean, I I do not want to, especially in a week when I've got four teams on a bye. Like, who am I having to drop so I can carry two defenses? And what am I gaining? That's true. Seven potential points? Just a Maybe. hypothetical. If you could do it, you know, would you would you if start you could, these guys you could over do it the for Bills. the Commanders? These... I don't think I'd bother for the Bears. All right, I probably wouldn't. Um, no. All right, you just take your lumps with the Bills. Heath, were you going like to say spend, something? I like to spend all of my fab in one shot, and so I don't like to use it like little one and two pieces. I was going to say that I had another one hundred percent fab shot this week. Oh yeah, who on who? Uh, Ken Walker. Ah, he was available in a 12-team Superflex league Whoa. that I was in, and so I threw all $100 at Ken Walker. Nice. Nice job. Then oh, I realized right. I can't start him this week because I have Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, and Miles Sanders. But didn't you, did you look at <laughs> okay. what, did you look at the remaining budgets of your competitors? Did you have to go 100? There were some teams with 100 because there's oh, some teams okay. that are probably going to have a 100 after week 18. In this. <laughs> One guy tweeted me. He's like, you guys were nuts saying what you said about Ken Walker and spending all your fab. I got him for 22% of my fab. I said, good for you Jeez. for playing with, playing with people. Well, and, and that's like there are 
more, for sure, more 10-team leagues than we give credit for. And there are a lot of eight-team leagues on other sites. Yeah, that's true. There's eight still, leagues on CBS, too. I would have thought he'd... Not allowed. I mean, I would understand him being available in those leagues, but going for twenty two percent of a budget surprises me. Oh, guys, let's go. Let's go uh, finish up the show here. Read some emails real quick and do some more buy low, sell high to finish up. This is from James. Is Naheem Hines droppable for Jalen Warren? Sure. You're just playing roulette with your with a bench spot, really. I would want to see that. Jonathan Taylor gets through Wednesday's practice and feels good on Thursday before I did that. Because there's a chance that Hines is back and Taylor's not this week. I mean, I'd, I think I'd much rather have Naeem Hines. He's shown more value when the starting running back is healthy. And he had three touches or targets, you know, opportunities on three plays when Jonathan Taylor was hurt. And then, of course, he got hurt. So... I feel like there's more of a floor and more of a ceiling. That's my I when when you're asking me about bench guys like that, it's always like who has the higher ceiling? And I think Hines sure. does, right? I I don't know. I don't know if he's got the higher ceiling either. Because if if Heath's intuition on Najee is right, then at some point the Steelers are gonna shut him down. And Warren has looked good. He's looked better than Najee. But for if, sure. if they were both out, better, Taylor and Hines were both out, who would you rather have? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If Taylor, if Taylor and, Najee, and Harris were both yeah. out, I'd rather have Hines if catches count. Yeah. All right, this is from... I don't know. It's a gray the trade. Dear Drew, Phillip, and Justin. Oh, Those Chargers. are the last three Chargers yeah. quarterbacks. I'm 0-5, and, and I'm what freaking out. What about Terod? Out. Yeah. <laughs> Chargers want you to forget about Terod. <laughs> Do you like these trades? I'm 0-5. I give up Cooper Cup and Ramondre Stevenson. I oh, get man. Stephon Diggs, Ezekiel Elliott, and Kyle Pitts. No. Keep Cup in Vermont. Mm, C minus. I give Cooper Cup. I get T. Higgins and Damian Pierce. Don't hate it, but I still think you're selling a little light on Cup. If I was ranking trades I've heard about today, these would be number one, <laughs> number two. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is from Ryan in a city in California that's much bigger than everyone thinks. Uh, Modesto. Fresno. Fresno. Uh, 10 team PPR. Give up Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson. Get Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne. Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson for Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne. I think this one's now number two, but still a C minus. I want you to do a little bit better than ETN. I think I like the running backs better. I I am hmm. I'm not one hundred percent confident Jamar Chase is going to be a top five wide receiver rest of season. I get that. Well, I t- I mean, I, I think at best he's fourth right now because you gotta take Cup, Jefferson, and Diggs for sure ahead of him, right? Mm-hmm. And I and then there's I Adams, there's Lamb. That, I mean We'll get to it in just a minute, but Aaron Jones is one of my buyer lows. Okay. So. All right, well, so then let's go faster so we can get to those. Uh, TC from a town in the Redwood Forests is in a 10-team PPR league. He traded Zach Ertz and Cortland Sutton for Debo Samuel. Mm, it's too no. much for just Debo. No. All right, from Kyle. <laughs> my running Did anybody back. make a good trade this week? <laughs> uh, would you trade Chris Olave for Travis Etienne? No. I would not. No. <laughs> From Kyle, I traded Michael Pittman for Ken Walker. Wait, hold on. I gotta do. I gotta start this one over here. I traded Pittman for Ken Walker and Bateman. That's a good trade. A minus. There we Love go. That's a good one. Best trade of the day. Not yet, because then there's this. Michael Caso. I should I trade Travis Etienne for Ken Walker? Oh, yeah. If you can. Oh, yeah. Buy low, sell high. Heath, you want to talk about Aaron Jones? Yeah, I just, I, I, we look all wet on Aaron Jones' usage, and it's very disappointing, but he's been so much better than A.J. Dillon this year, and it really kind of looks like they're phasing Dillon out a little bit. I, I think that better days are ahead for Jones, and it seems like it's been weird. He went into last week as RB10, had a bad week, and people were ready to hit the panic button on him. 
Um, it's been up and down so far this year, but I still expect that he has multiple 150-yard multi-touchdown games left this season. I still think he's going to be a top 10 running back rest of season. I still would be perfectly fine drafting him at the 1-2 turn like I did this season. Aaron Jones, just so you know, has more games with fewer than 12 PPR fantasy points than Terry McLaurin. And he has as many games with more than 15 PPR fantasy points. He just has that one huge game, 32 points against the Bears. Other than that, he hasn't scored 15 points in a game. And he's been uh, fewer than 11 PPR points in three of five games. But yeah, that's why he's a buy low, because uh, he hasn't played that well. Uh, Dave, well, we have a lot here. Heath, let me go to Heath's list. Brandon Cooks. Are you sure about this? Because he really hasn't been that good. That's kind of the reason we're buying low on him. Yeah, but yes. it wasn't really that good last year. It was like he top, was the number two wide receiver last he year. He's a number he two. Was, I was, am I really buying low on like wide receiver 23? What was it with Davis Mills toward the end of last season? Uh, good, very good. But okay. those, those, those days look good. That's done. what we're hoping uh, reveals itself moving forward. Okay. Well, I just, you know, Heath, for a guy, I, I know the stats that you look at. I mean, all of his rate stats are, are terrible. Career low yards per target, lowest yards per catch since his rookie season, dot way down, and but catch why? rate way down. I don't know. Right. Like, it, And then the, the catch rate is creeping back up. I think it's 57% now. It was below 50% at one point. Um, but he's still getting more than eight targets per game. I just, for a guy who's never been below 7.7 yards per target, never been below 10 yards per catch, I don't, I think the rate stats will improve, especially mm-hmm. considering it's the same quarterback that he was better with last year. I, Davis Mills hasn't taken a step forward, but he also, I, I would have a hard time believing he's just gotten worse in his second year. Six, 26% target share. Yes, but, but. Six to seven targets in three straight games. And what does that coincide with? The Damian Pierce show. Damian Pierce stepping up. I don't know that they're going to be competitive, you know, as they, they won last week. And they, they have been pretty competitive this year. Mm-hmm. But, but they have become, they're trying to become more of a rushing team. Well, they've also played one good team this year. The Jaguars, the, the future division winners? The Chargers. The Chargers, yeah. Chargers aren't really that good. Uh, all right. You also well, coming out of the bye, they've got the Raiders, the Titans, then Philadelphia. That'll be tough. The Giants, that could be tough. Commanders, Dolphins, <laughs> Browns, Cowboys. Uh, I think they've got mostly favorable matchups, or at least situations where Cooks will get, will, will continue to see a good target share. I mean, he's an underachieving player in a bye week right now. There's no better time to buy low on Brandon Cooks, even if he's the Agreed. number two receiver. I, I, you have J.K. Dobbins and Chris Goblin on your buy low list, and yeah, I just wonder about health because they both were limited last week, seemingly because of health. Right. So yeah, what do you do with their that? Their recovery has taken longer than I had hoped, but they are both still elite players, and I don't believe their recovery is going to take the entirety of the season. <laughs> kind of like DeAndre Swift with what Dave said, like if you drafted these guys, you're probably not having a very good time. Um, I do think in the second half of the season, they both have top 12 upside at their position. They could both be league winners. And so guys that have been bad and not even full-time players right now that maybe could be top 12 guys in the second half are the types of guys I'd like to target. Godwin is definitely one of those guys. I'm worried about Dobbins because he played fewer snaps in week five than he did in week four. And Harbaugh said after the game that the reason why Dobbins didn't play more is because they were managing his reps. And Gus Edwards is going to come back soon, apparently. And we saw it. We saw this in 2020, but where Dobbins and Gus split the rushing work. Dobbins needed touchdowns to really be effective for fantasy purposes. His ceiling was never truly met then. And now he does. He doesn't look quite the same to me. He doesn't look like he's got that same acceleration that that he had before. He, that, 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 I mean, like we heard from Jason Lock and Four, that might not come until the second half of the season. But I will say, like, what you said about his snaps is exactly what happened to Chris Godwin. He played 53, yeah. 53 snaps, mm-hmm. 83% in week four. That's Last true. week against the Falcons, Fair. it fell to 52%. That's right. But I do think Godwin's snaps could whipsaw really quickly and he goes back to being an every down player. I don't think Dobbins will ever be a 70% of snaps player for Baltimore. No, I don't think he will be either. I don't think he needs to be to be a top 12 running back. Okay, so Heath's by lows were Zach Wilson in a 2QB league, J. 
Jets passing game in general because they're dirt cheap. Brandon Cooks, J.K. Dobbins, Aaron Jones, and Chris Godwin. Dave, your buy lows. DeAndre Swift, we already talked about. Joe Mixon. You got two wide receivers on this list. Michael Pittman and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's next three matchups, Dave, are against teams that rank 1, 3, and 2 against wide receivers. He already faced mm-hmm. number one, and he scored two touchdowns and had 70 yards. That was against the Colts mm-hmm. in week two. Uh, yep. The others are the Giants and the Broncos, and quite frankly, I just don't think the Giants are really uh, the third best team against wide receivers. The Broncos, I could certainly buy. Um, but anyway, uh, Kirk and Pittman, who do you like better, and what do you expect from them rest of the season? I like Pittman better. I think Pittman will see his target share. I don't, I don't know if the target share necessarily skyrockets, but now that Alec Pierce has kind of established himself, defenses are going to have to take attention to that or give attention to that, I should say. And I, I think Pittman becomes a good PPR receiver. Maybe not top 10. You might have drafted him a little bit too early. We were pretty excited, but top 20, somewhere in that range. So I, I don't mind trying to get Pittman on the cheap right now. And, uh, and that's how I feel about Pittman. Okay. And for buy for sell highs now, let's go quick, guys. Uh, Heath, your sell highs. Gabe Davis in PPR. Taysom Hill. Debo, who you talked about. Raheem Mostert. And Zach Ertz, who we already talked about. So the three we haven't discussed are Gabe Davis in PPR, Taysom Hill, and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I just, if anybody thinks what happened last week changes who Gabe Davis is, then you should take advantage of that. Just as if anybody thought what happened the two weeks prior changed who Gabe Davis was, you should have taken advantage of that. He is a six-target-per-game guy who could give you 100 yards and two touchdowns or can give you 13 yards. And that's going to be the balance. In non-PPR, I wouldn't be as interested because the upside is so good. <laughs> I love that. That's a fantastic chart. And you yes. can see the arrows pointing up, so I'm not sure why anyone would want to trade him because he's obviously trending in the right direction. Um, but I, I would expect that his it's going to look like a heart rate chart mm-hmm. this season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that I want – I'm not giving him away, but there were people who thought he could be a top 20 wide receiver this season, and maybe, maybe he'll pull that off, but – I, I'm, I don't expect that in PBR. We, we've seen plenty of receivers be up and down the heart rate chart and finish as a top 20 receiver. So it wouldn't surprise me if he finishes a top 20 receiver. But I, I think you're right about the targets. I, I think you're right that he will have some weeks where you're just left going, what, did, what happened? What happened to Gabe Davis? Anybody see Gabe Davis? But he just doesn't get the type of volume and certainly the type of big plays. He's a big play waiting to happen. Uh, I would venture to say that he's one of Josh Allen's checkdown guys. And that when a play breaks down, maybe his first read is digs uh, or there's pressure on him. He just looks deep. He moves out of the pocket, looks deep, chucks it to Gabe Davis. Davis makes a play. I wouldn't trade him yet. I wouldn't sell high on him yet. He's got the game against Kansas City coming up in week six. I'd wait till after that game. To you better hope he Gabe comes Davis. through. I completely agree. I mean, if you just saw how poorly they defended the deep ball against the Raiders, two deep passes to Adams, two pass interferences drawn by Adams. This looks like it could be great for Gabe Davis, but if he doesn't come through, then he's going into his buy. I mean, like, what are you going to get for him? So, you know, would you would you trade Gabe Davis for Michael Pittman and Christian Kirk? Both those guys, absolutely. Oh, you mean straight no, separately up for each one? Um, I think I'd wait a week. I'd rather have Kirk and Pittman. Okay. Uh, and then... I think I'd wait Taysom a week and Hill. see if I can make a, a run at Jamar Chase. Gabe Davis. Uh, okay, we covered him. Up. Taysom on, Hill. Me, not straight up Davis or Chase. You throw something. I understand. Okay, thank you. What would you try to trade Taysom Hill for, Heath? Um, I <laughs> Any starter at any position? Okay. If that Honestly, that's fine. Raheem Mostert. Any starter at any position? Just think he's going to get hurt? I mean, he's got I, a pretty valuable role here. I don't know here. that he's going to get hurt. I don't think that this is going to be a team that has great success running the ball or runs the ball a lot once they have the, all of their players healthy. Um, and he's a 30-year-old running back who's never played a full season as a as a starting running back. Mostert or Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson. Uh, I guess I think I'll take Mostert. What about you, Dave? Well, I, do you I, have Garrett Wilson on any teams? And maybe I could trade you a Raheem Mostert. I, I don't have <laughs> I think Garrett if I Wilson. needed a running back, I would accept that trade. It really comes down to how badly you need a running back. I think that weighs um, Mostert a little bit more. Jeez, his schedule is amazing. Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Detroit, it. and Chicago. And then yeah, Cleveland. Be there. 
All right, uh, Dave, you're selling high. Mate, question marks on Jeff Wilson and Tyler Lockett. The question mark on Wilson is because we know that Elijah Mitchell is going to come back at some point, and that theoretically means a split. I don't think Wilson has played so well that he's going to force Mitchell to the bench, and I don't think he's played so poorly that Mitchell's just going to come right back in and be the dominant running back in, in San Francisco. I bet they share. So I'm wondering if, if you move off of Jeff Wilson, and maybe you wait a week on him too because he's playing Atlanta, that you go ahead and, and pull off something like that. You, you try and set the blueprint or the groundwork now for, for a Jeff Wilson trade, and you make it after this week. And this is assuming that you've got running backs to make a move on. Lockett, the question is, can he keep this up? Can he keep – he's always been such a boomer bust. Like he, like when I was talking about receivers that finished top twenty, but they've been great one week and crappy the next. Yep. He was the second receiver I thought of. Brandon Cooks was the first, for what it's worth. Can he keep? Can he stay fifteen PPR points a week with Geno Smith the rest of the season? Can that really happen? I'm not sure if it can, and I know that his value is sky high right now. So I wouldn't be opposed to selling high on Tyler Lockett. Do- He's been much better, obviously, but do you think his value is as high as Gabe Davis's? I think it's higher than Gabe Davis's. I see. I don't think you could. I, 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 that might be a good Twitter poll. I don't think it is because of preseason hype, because people loved Gabe Davis. Now they've got a reason to buy back in. They were, wor- I don't know that, that, you know, if the season it just, if we didn't know anything preseason, whatever, that'd be one thing. But just based on where Gabe Davis was compared to Tyler Lockett, I'm not sure the gap has closed that much just from the, on the general public. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about Seattle is they've just been so hyper-efficient. Geno Smith has nine touchdown passes. Five of them are from 20 or more yards out. He has four pass attempts inside ten yard, the 10-yard line. And it's just not really that sustainable of a way to score. Uh, now, Lockett does have a history of long touchdowns. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But you can't just rely on that. However, like I said last week, I mean, I love the fact that Geno Smith is throwing more than half of his passes to Metcalf and Lockett. It's uh, I love it. You know why waste time with the other targets? I I um I gotta go. I'm gonna need you guys to retweet that Twitter poll that I just made because my followers are predisposed to selecting Tyler Lockett. Did you put C? Oh, why'd you put C results? I'm only gonna retweet it if you take out C results. I will never ever ever <laughs> take out C results. I mean, who who do I want rest of season? I think I'm gonna take <laughs> Gabe Davis. Ooh, I'm the first vote. Gabe Davis is crushing it, 100% of the vote. All right, thanks, everybody. first vote, and Tyler Lockett is crushing it. Oh, Twitter, you let us down. So you would rather have Lockett than Davis rest of the season? I have Lockett ahead of Davis right now on the trade chart. And I I actually have Michael Pittman between them. Lockett, Pittman, Davis. Oh, wow, you're high on Lockett. See, I think that's – it's important to put that context in there because Dave's calling Tyler Lockett a sell high, and I – and he's confident that Gabe Davis could be a top 20 wide receiver, but he likes Tyler Lockett more than Gabe Davis. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll end the show with this comment. Fire, Gabe Davis, fire. Two fire emojis there. People love Gabe Davis. We already have 125 votes and Gabe's winning two to one. Yeah. Interesting. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We will talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games on Fantasy Football Today.